0: This episode of AHLA Speaking of Health Law is brought to you by AHLA members and donors like you. For more information, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org. So gentlemen, it's good to talk to both of you today. I am looking forward to our presentation on the tax considerations and implications of healthcare joint ventures between for-profit and tax-exempt entities which will be at the AHLA Tax Issues for Healthcare Organizations Conference in Washington DC on October 23rd and 24th. Let's give our listeners a little bit of information about what our session will cover, provide some background, and explain why this topic is so timely right now and what we are seeing in the healthcare community. But first let's do some quick introductions. My name is Jennifer Noel and I am the Corporate Director of Tax at Christianicare Health System in Wilmington, Delaware. Where I've been for almost a year and a half. Prior to this role, I was the director of the Delaware Division of Revenue for about five years and a deputy attorney general with the Delaware Department of Justice representing the Delaware Division of Revenue for about five years prior to my appointment as director. I have my LLM in tax from Georgetown and I've been involved in tax for many years, although I'm relatively new to the healthcare world. Rob, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about your background,
1: please? Sure. Thanks, Jen. And I too am looking forward to our. Uh, session and to presenting with uh, you and, and Jerry. Uh, I'm Rob Frizz. I'm a uh, partner at uh, Cooper's where I lead our national tax services exempt organizations healthcare practice and focus on providing advice uh, with respect to uh, tax and business issues, planning, and compliance requirements uh, associated with tax exempt uh, healthcare providers and payers, including corporate and joint venture entities. Um, I've also been involved with AHLA for many years, including uh, serving on the planning committee for the AHLA Tax Issues for Healthcare Organizations program.
0: Thank you so much, Rob. Um, Jerry, could you introduce yourself to our listeners as well?
2: Sure. Thank you, Jen. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone in person in D.C. It's nice to be back out on the road again after the COVID hiccup. I am a partner in the tax and healthcare practice groups at Jones Day, in the Detroit and Chicago offices. I've been practicing healthcare law primarily with nonprofit organizations for over 35 years, with a mix of tax, transactional, and regulatory work, including over two dozen IRS audits and more M&A transactions than than I can count involving nonprofit and for-profit organizations, and uh, looking forward to giving you a little preview of what we're going to cover in D.C.
0: Fantastic. So our upcoming session is going to address the various tax implications of joint ventures that may be contemplated between nonprofit and for-profit organizations in the healthcare world. The IRS started looking at transactions and joint ventures involving for-profit and nonprofit organizations some time ago and over time has issued guidance indicating what they want to see or that they want to see certain characteristics when they're evaluating a joint venture, Uh, we anticipate that this session will be an advanced session. So we won't be going through the underlying laws that might affect relationships of this nature, but we can provide some background here in this podcast. So Rob uh, and Jerry, can you... Tell us why it's so important for a nonprofit to consider the IRS guidance and the various tax implications before entering into a joint venture, and what types of issues a nonprofit might encounter in that type of transaction.
1: Sure, Jen. Um, I'm happy to start looking at some of the the key uh, risk areas. And and there are a number of very important considerations with respect to uh, exempt organizations, tax exempt healthcare organizations going into uh, joint ventures. And as you indicated, we're going to be you know, really focusing on those types of joint ventures with uh, for-profit non-exempt organizations. And certainly, you know, top of the list is the, the tax exempt organizations continued qualification for uh, tax exempt status. And that really, you know, goes back to uh, some of the concepts and we'll primarily be focusing on uh, the 501c3 uh, healthcare organizations. And continuing uh, to, to meet the, the operational test, Chief among them uh, could potentially going into the joint venture cause concern with respect to private inurement and private benefit, which can have an impact on their taxes M501 C3 uh, status you know, what types of activities will be going on at the joint venture that, again, could, could impact that. Uh, the extent the joint venture may involve a, a hospital facility, there's a number of, you know, very specific rules and requirements there uh, that would need to be, be looked at. And the IRS, you know, has set forth, um, you know, some guidance with respect to, you know, key factors that are looked at. Um, around uh, e- exempt status, also, I would say that the other, you know, really you know, big picture item is the characterization of the exempt organization's revenues as either exempt function income or unrelated business taxable income. And you know, more and more, we'll see we've seen what we refer to as you know ancillary joint ventures, which it really may be a more you know insubstantial activity that the hospital or, or other tax-exempt healthcare organization is entering into. And a real you know, question is whether or not you know, the revenue uh, is being you know, allocable or, or, or generated from the joint venture that um, is being uh, allocable to the exempt organization uh, constitutes exempt uh, function income or uh, whether it would be viewed as uh, unrelated business taxable income. So that's certainly you know an important area that that we will be um, you know focused on is is as well. Uh, you know, Jerry, i'll I'll you know turn it to you for uh, some of your thoughts on that also.,
2: Thank, thanks, Rob. Well, I'd, I'd like to focus a little bit on why our clients care as a business matter and, and why we as tax advisors are likely to be called on more and more to address these issues. And I think there are there are three reasons. First, Given the state of the economy in healthcare, it's creating challenges and opportunities for our clients. Margins have been hit hard coming out of COVID, and the pressure is going to be immense to both grow the top line and contain expenses. Joint ventures can spread the capital burden and tend to have a lower buy-in than an outright acquisition as a means of, of fostering growth for the organization. Second, uh, more and more payers' health plans are looking to contain their costs and improve member care, and to do that, they've been focusing more and more on partnering with hospitals and physicians in value-based care models where both sides have skin in the game, which is really the, the essence of a joint venture. And third, as government scrutiny of private equity transactions increases including from the antitrust agencies there may be opportunities to pick off some ancillary facilities and practices that uh, these companies end up shedding as a result of that added scrutiny and and regulatory challenges
0: thank you jerry um so That's very interesting that, you know, we have obviously the different regulatory impacts that may affect the company, as well as the perspective coming from the business side of things. Um, Can you each provide a little bit of background to our listeners about the different types of transactions we might talk about?
1: You know, there's, as Jerry mentioned, and Jerry, I think that's a great overview with respect to the business considerations that are driving so many of these, these joint ventures that we're, you know, seeing, uh, you know, currently in the, in the market, I think, you know, why we see a lot of different you know, types of, of joint ventures, the ones, the types that will really be, you know, primarily focusing on are, are ones that we're generally seeing through, uh, flow through entities or partnerships, limited liability companies that are, that are taxed as is, is partnerships. And, you know, certainly, you know, ones we're seeing, um, you know, consistent with, with Jerry, some of the you know, rationales around the, the general business conditions are, you know, joint ventures that, that could involve uh, physicians, uh, joint ventures that involve, you know, other uh, for-profit healthcare organizations that, you know, bring, you know, specific expertise, for example, uh, to a specific uh, service line area. Um, we're also seeing, you know, as, as Jerry was mentioning, um, with the payer relationships, more uh, what I'll refer to as value-based arrangements, or arrangements in, in the likes of, of accountable care organizations that are involving the tax-exempt healthcare organizations as well as uh, for-profit organizations and, and other parties. So, and, and also, I would just say more pure, you know, investor types of of transactions also that are occurring, Um, you know, as I mentioned, primarily, you know, we're seeing through limited liability companies, but we'll certainly be, you know, addressing uh, those types of transactions that may occur through other vehicles, such as a a, a corporate uh, structure as well. Uh, Jerry, I'll I'll turn it to you as well for your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, a good way to look at the joint venture area and transaction structures is through a couple of different themes. First of all, r- regardless of the structure that you're looking at, you can't do indirectly what you cannot do directly. So for example, um, political activity or, or paying excessive compensation or uh, defectively structured compensation where people are getting a share of the bottom line of the organization. And if you have tax exempt bonds, a hospital joint venture could raise private use concerns there. So we'll, we'll talk about those big joint ventures. We'll talk about some of the ancillary joint ventures uh, that may not be substantial. They raise a different set of tax-exempt concerns, more on, on related business income. And uh, keeping, keeping those broad principles in mind, uh, we'll talk about the trade-offs that are involved because that's what it often comes down to in the joint venture analysis. For example, if you have a mix of related and unrelated activities, you drop them into a joint venture, maybe with a blocker holding your interest, you might be protecting exemption and that's usually a good thing, certainly a good thing, but you're also effectively paying tax then on all of the joint venture revenue. uh, Whereas if you're taking a little more risk and doing it through an LLC that's not treated as a corporation, no blocker. some of that revenue may be exempt. So you might have a lower tax bill as long as you don't get too close to the line to risk exemption. Uh, another example, we'll talk about 501R and how that intersects with joint ventures. That's another trade-off. If you have a hospital joint venture where the nonprofit is in control, you are reducing the exemption and UBI risk, but the Joint Venture Hospital then has to follow 51 r So that's a trade-off. And it, it's also a question of risk tolerance, and we'll touch on that as well. There's a, a fair amount of guidance out there from about 20 years ago now, uh, some a little more recent, but it is a no-rule area for the IRS at the moment. So it, a lot of these structures involve sort of an extension of the existing guidance and trying to apply them to particular joint ventures that the IRS hasn't really addressed head on. And there are there are workarounds to that. You could go for a 1023, for example, but most folks don't have the the time and patience to try to do that, to set up a new entity to participate in the joint venture and go through the extensive backlog right now to get a 1023 through. So we'll talk about how you you gauge that level of risk, applying the existing guidance to uh, some of the models that that Rob alluded to.
1: Well, thank you.
0: It sounds like it's going to be a very interesting uh, discussion on on both days actually of the uh, the conference. Are there? It it sounds like there are a number of things that any exempt organization is going to have to consider, and there are obviously drawbacks and and um, trade offs, as as you just said, Jerry. Um, are there takeaways and insights that we hope that we can um, give to people who uh, attend our session at the conference?
2: I'll, I'll start off here, and then let Rob take us home. I I think uh, as I just said, it's it's a question of how you recognize and quantify the risks, how you navigate these challenges. That's the big question that we're going to dive into, including uh, a a run through some of the common joint venture model diagrams and uh, discussion about how the joint venture rules apply, including uh, kicking around some ideas on alternative ways to avoid unrelated business income based on the guidance that's, that's out there in the joint venture area. We'll kick around uh, some options to protect exemption, including the use of blockers and what that means and how to take advantage of some of the UBI exclusions that might be available. And we'll also uh, go into the other aspect of nonprofit structural considerations around uh, where our friends in the state attorneys general offices are at and uh, the sorts of transactions that they're looking at and the concerns, considerations they may have in reviewing joint ventures as more and more states get into a formalized process for review of healthcare transactions, such as the new law in Illinois that takes effect on January 1st. Rob, thoughts?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jerry. And and just, you know, consistent with, with what you indicated, you know, really looking to provide insight you know, going into these types of arrangements of, you know, what can trigger the, the the tax or other reporting consequences to really be considered, you know, at at the outset, and then also, you know, thinking about, you know, as Jerry was mentioning, you know, those those insights and and action steps for addressing those issues in negotiations um, around the arrangement, which could include, you know, specific deal considerations around the tax exemption issues, around looking to uh, preserve income streams as exemption function income. You know, as Jerry mentioned, certainly, you know, looking at potential options around the, uh, the, the, the blocker entities. Um, you know, we're also seeing with respect to a lot of these, you know, joint venture arrangements, uh, various, you know, types of, of revenue streams. For example, um, are there maybe you know certain licensing arrangements that are that are provided and there are you know certain exclusions and exceptions that can apply to the unrelated business income tax for royalties for example and you know how that comes into play um, you know how potentially you know those income streams can be preserved as excludable around the entire joint venture and some of the transfer pricing considerations that may come into play for for looking at that as well. You're also considering um, the impact and and being aware of uh, some of the uh, rules regarding uh, partnership audits and and some key things that uh, tax-exempt partners should be aware of uh, with respect to uh, audit uh, risk and and the partnership audit uh, procedures. And then also, um, you know, touching on and just just highlighting and being aware of you know what could be uh, some of the you know credit incentive opportunities that that may be um, available through some of these uh, joint ventures to keep in mind uh, that are go- uh, when going into the uh, ar- arrangement.
0: Thank you uh, for highlighting all those different topics and and the different takeaways and insights that we hope to impart as part of this session. I will say that from my perspective in healthcare um, and in an exempt organization, it's been very helpful to me to see some of the uh, summaries that we've developed um, about the different deal considerations from an exempt organization's perspective when negotiating a transaction, which I think you touched on briefly, Rob. Um, And I think that that's a very valuable piece as well. Again, we invite you to join us at the AHLA Tax Issues for Healthcare Organizations Conference that's going to be held in Washington, D.C. on October 23rd and 24th to learn more about the tax issues that might come up in the course of negotiating and implementing a joint venture. And I know that there are a lot of other panels that have a lot of broad interest as well. Um, And we all look forward to seeing you there.